Blog Talk Radio. Today, Divas Luncheon and Literature Eat and Greet, March 4th, 2017, at Atlanta Airport Marriott Gateway from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. For sponsorship opportunities, contact Writing Royalty Promotions at gmail.com. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat, everybody. It's Wednesday. Hey, see? Hey, Lisha Girl, how you doing? It is a great show. I'm excited about tonight. We got some awesome guests on this evening. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We're going to be talking. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> We're going to be talking that talk about girl. grind now. Yeah, I know. We're going to be talking that talk about grind now, want not. And, you know, I always love hearing Felicia talk because she talks with such passion. You know, I remember meeting her in person and just, just her aura alone just wants to make you just want to sit up and just try to do the best that you can. So I'm excited to hear what she has to share with us this evening. And if you're excited about the upcoming event that you have coming up, Leash in a matter of days, girl. I know. I'm so excited. I do. I really, really, really thank everybody that has supported me. I mean, from me saying that this is what I was going to do till a week later, it's been nothing but great support from everybody. And I appreciate them. I appreciate them so much. Shout out to all the authors. 
that will be gracing the event, Blake Carrington, Tamika Newhouse. We got actor and model Travis Cure, the fabulous Felicia Hamilton, Rashonda Tate, Dillingsley, Victoria Christopher Murray, Rihanna Mallory, Sharif Jadon, Terry Branch, Justin Q Young, Q Man himself, and Sharon Bennett. If y'all are not up on these authors, get up on them. It's going to be the best event just to be able to celebrate them, celebrate literature, allow readers and authors to get together. Um, I love the fact that I picked Felicia to be the keynote speaker because I do want them to leave with an experience, a great experience, but I want it to stir. I wanted to stir their grind. I wanted to stir their passion. I wanted to stir their their drive for their brand. I just mm-hmm. wanted to stir something within them um, to to just keep allowing them to be great. Mm-hmm. And she is definitely one that can get you stirred up. Just listen, if you guys haven't seen her uh, her videos on online, please follow her because they're so inspirational and as well as eye-opening and mind-opening. So make sure you follow her. And if you're in the Atlanta area next weekend, get your tickets. I'm not sure how many are left or available, but check out ebright.com and check out whether tickets are available and grab one. Any table that you can sit at, you will be so excited. If a table happens to be have been filled up with your favorite author, just grab that table because you'll be a, still be in the same room, absorbing all the energy and just having a great time. Absolutely. And yes, tickets are still available for the eat and greet, which the luncheon is from one to four and then after four it'll be open to the general public for the book for those that want to come and check out the book fair. You know, I I do what I do because I do have a passion. I love the things that I do. I'm able to do so many dope things. I'm able to come across so many awesome people. But when I go to different events, you know, it's always something missing. I think it feels kind of like a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know, like an in and out drive through. Mm -hmm. Hey, how are Mm -hmm. you? Sign my book. Da 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 da. All right, shaking hands. Two two words. All right, next. So you never get to really sit down and just absorb that author's um, passion and to learn why they do what they do. You know, Mm -hmm. I love books. You know, everybody knows that T and I are avid readers, but I also Mm -hmm. love the process. I love what authors do to put their books together. I love Mm -hmm. the passion for what they do. I love the, I do, I have a love for the craft itself because it's just something about being able to take a pen or a pencil or a typewriter and step into a different world but bring other people with you mm-hmm. and change lives in the process. You might be thinking of a character, thinking of a situation. You're going to write a book. It could be a testimony that could be fiction or nonfiction, but it could be something that touches somebody else. It could be something that somebody reading that book that's actually going through it. And, you know, it's like, oh, wow, you know, this this is like the same situation. Maybe I might want to rethink some things or maybe, you know, it uh, it might just need to be tweaked up here and there. But it, they get you thinking. They get you thinking. And if you want to be an author, as everybody always says, a great author is a great reader. 
and it comes yeah. from, you know, being able to read other books, other novels, and not just street lit genre, any genre. I like all books as long as the author can grab my attention. And, mm-hmm. you know, Sunday we have the Writers Pro Workshop with the fabulous Victoria Christopher Murray and Victoria, I mean, and Rashonda Tate Billingsley, and that is on Sunday from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. And let me tell y'all, their class is so awesome. Just to be able to learn and understand how everything works when you when you put that pen to paper and the, what you want to experience, want you what you what you want your readers to experience. Mm-hmm. It's it's nothing like it. So if you are in the Atlanta area. Make sure you head over to Eventbrite. Get your tickets for both of these events. The event on Sunday is actually their workshop that they run. It's normally a four-week workshop, but they're going to run it in five hours. So from two to seven, you're going to get four weeks of information, four weeks of work. I mean, when I say work, you're going to come in working. Hey, how you doing? Sit down, grab your pencil, grab your pen. Make sure y'all have y'all healthy snacks. Well, we're going to have some healthy snacks there for you. We're going to have an apple, some water, something that people can nibble on, but you will be putting that pen to paper. They are so awesome just to see their passion for what they do and the passion to teach others um, mm-hmm. and and inspire others to do what they do as well is awesome. It really is. And uh, speaking of those classes, Leisha and I winded down one of our classes with Victoria, and I cannot believe that it has been as many weeks, and and it still seems like there is so much more for us to learn. So it's a constant thing with uh, Victoria and Rashonda. Their passion comes out within their teaching. So if you are in the area, please, please check them out, get those tickets. And um, I think Leisha has a class coming up online. Uh, just follow her on her page. I'm sure she has some information on that page. And um, just just expand your horizon. There's, there's always room for growth. There's always room for learning. And uh, it's a great day. I enjoy learning. And, and I have taken it to the path thing that we have learned. So it makes you see things differently. Let me tell y'all, she is like a, she is an editor, but I appreciate her reading. I, I appreciate her craft. I I appreciate just her critical eye. As a editor, if you are looking for an editor, make sure you hit T up because what she does and how she does it is, is like no other to me. You have some other editors that don't um they don't bring that their passion with them. I mean they do, but you don't get that. You know what I'm saying? No shade to nobody. I'm just saying that somebody that has a passion for what they do um, and they are willing to be able to step into your world and pull your vision out. They don't. People don't have to understand your vision right away, but just the ability to want to pull it out and make it better is mm-hmm. awesome. You know, you have so many different people that have a dope creative eye, and T mm-hmm. is one of those people when it comes to books. So I so appreciate her. She does the ed- editing um, for us at Reese World Publishing. So I do appreciate her all the time because she is my right hand as well as my left. <laughs> Thank you, Lise. That warms my heart, girl. You know, my appreciation for you is tenfold as well. Thanks, T. I appreciate you so much. But we're going to take a brief break. 
And then we're going to have Felicia Hamilton in this chat room. She's going to press her one to let us know when she is ready. We're going to play some... I don't know. We've got so much dope music. Shout out to Bird School Records. Yes. Shout out to Ike Burner and his whole family. We got so much dope music now that is so hard to choose from. But I'm going to do a little Miko Slim. Um, Miko Slim is is a Georgia native, but he is working on his new album. And so hopefully once it is complete. I'm trying to get him back on the show, um, but I have to wait until after his album is completed. So shout out to Tiffany Gang. Shout out to her whole team and Miko Slim. We're going to play a little Miko Slim and we'll be right back. Hey, Felicia, how are you? 
I'm great. Hey, How's it going? Hi. <laughs> it's fr- it's really freaky how you guys sound so much alike, but okay, I'm not going to get all caught up in that tonight like before. <laughs> you guys doing And we okay? want to say, yes, we want to say happy birthday again. She just celebrated her fabulous birthday over the weekend. So you got to yeah, let us know what's been going See? And see, if she would have told nobody, they'd have never known. Mm-mm. How old are you? <laughs> Twenty-five. Twenty-five. For the twentieth okay. time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. How's it going? Yeah, really going everybody. It's yeah, going great. It's going great. I'm so excited. She is going to be our guest speaker um, next weekend at the Divas Luncheon and Literature. She's going to. I say pep talk. I so appreciate you being my uh, push partner, but let me tell y'all, when she give a talk, a talking to, mm, it's not a speech, (laughs) it's it's not, I mean, it's a talking to. She giving you a talking to, (laughs) and by the time she's done, you're like, "Uh uh-huh, about to go do this, and you just stirred up, and you're ready to go. Talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about uh, why you do what you do, and where your passion comes from. Well, really, I I really don't see any other way because if you're not doing something, what would you be doing? Nothing. So to me, that alternative just doesn't look too exciting to me, you know. And I, mm-hmm. and I get it. Everybody is not out here to grind. Everybody's not out here to push. Everybody's not out here to be an entrepreneur. However, the way life is set up, if you don't try to take things into your own hands and try to develop something for yourself, build something for yourself, people are going to build empires around you and then hire you to hold the door. So, And I'm not a door holder. Mm-hmm. That's deep. Yeah, I don't want to so be a dumbass. <laughs> no, and if you think about it, you know we have over 350 million people in this country, and only 10 percent of those people are business owners, you know, entrepreneurs. So that means that the other 90% work for the 10%. So we have to make that decision: Do we want to be part of the 90, or do we want to be part of the 10? Hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you wrote a book, and you Uh really, really, really stick to that mantra. Tell everybody just a little bit about yourself, because you've been doing this a long time, and, you know, I always say that it's hard for me because I have to go from the background to the forefront. I'm so used to being in the Uh background. You've actually taken that journey. Talk a little bit about that and a little bit about your journey and your book. Absolutely. Well, I started my entrepreneurial journey at 22 years old. I was 22 years old at Auburn University, and I was a professional partier. Even though I graduated from high school as valedictorian of my class, most likely to succeed, and I was the president of the class, I was uh, everything. You name it, I did it in high school. I was an overachiever. And then I got to college and decided that I just wanted to take a break from life, and I just partied all through my freshman and sophomore year 
And I got to the point where I was about to flunk out of college, and now I am on academic probation. I'm about to flunk out. I can no longer mm-hmm. get financial aid. So I had to figure out what in the hell I was going to do in order to stay in school. The other alternative was to tuck my tail between my legs and go back home, which I refused to do. So I knew at that point something that I knew how to do and how to do well was throw parties. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. have parties. So I turned what I was passionate about into profits. So I took my little $250 rent money, uh, which that tells you how long ago that was, if $250 could, you know, sustain you for a month. And I took it and put a deposit down on doing some parties, and that's what I did. So, And I made a gang load of money because – hey, I knew how to have a good time. That was part of my reason for being in the situation I was and plucking out of school. So I took that and parlayed it into doing um, parties, concerts, all types of shows, fashion shows, plays, you name it, I was doing it. And I was one of the first female promoters in the Southeast at the time, which that was in the early 90s. And I Mm kind of coined myself as being what they call She Diddy. Instead of P. Diddy, I thought I was She Diddy because I was booking all of the rap (laughs) artists, all of the R&B artists. I was doing all of that, bringing them through the Southeast area. And But I did all of that behind the radar, which is why my moniker is called is the silent mogul, because at the time that was such a male-dominated industry. And I didn't have a crew. I didn't have a squad. I didn't roll with security, none of that. And so to keep myself from being in a situation where I was coming home from the club with, you know, five and six and $7,000 on me, two and three and four and five o'clock in the morning, I never put my name on anything. I never put my name on a flyer. I never had my face on a flyer. No one knew, actually, who was having the parties. Um, it was just listed as my company name, which was Elite Enterprises. And I did that for about 11, 12 years. So I stayed mm. behind the radar, um, just, you know, behind, very clandestine for about 10 to 12 years. And mm-hmm. I did not start coming from behind the curtain until – the halfway point in my career because at that point um, things shifted and I began writing, I began my speaking career, and I began to teach the hustle. So I had to come from behind the curtain in order to teach the hustle at that point. So that's just a brief synopsis of how I got started. So as of right now, this is my 24th year in the industry. Mm -hmm. Wow. Absolutely. You teaching people how to get bossed up and stay or stay basic for real. Or stay basic, now you, which, is, which is my latest book, yes. Get bossed up absolutely. and Absolutely. But you also write for the Huffington Post. Tell us how you got uh-huh. into that. Well, you know what? It's funny because um, I didn't get asked to be a contributing writer until I really started living my truth. And I talk about this a lot, and it sounds cliché. But we don't always, especially as women, we don't live our truth because we're always so accustomed.
accommodating. We're used to accommodating people. We're used to fitting into their schedule, how they do things, making sure everybody else is okay, making sure people are comfortable. For me, I ran for political office, so you already know what kind of bag of fuckery that was, excuse me. Um, So you're always having to make sure that everybody is cool with how you talk, how you walk, how you look, the way you wear your hair, you know. Your skirts are not Mm -hmm. too short. Your too much cleavage is not showing. So um, I I just, at some point I decided, you know what, I just have to be the real me. I had to go back to that young girl who was about to flunk out of school and who pulled out all of the resiliency of being that chick from the hood and just be honest. This is who I am. I like to cuss. I work hard. I play hard. Um, I'm a very loyal, diehard person. If I'm in your corner, if I'm not in your corner, then you might want to cross the street because I'm not somebody that you really want to be an enemy of. But mm-hmm. I, I just living my truth became so important to me because I realized that I was allowing myself to become all of the politically cor- correct cliches that people talk about but that don't make you happy. And so now everything that I do, say, teach, live, it's really about this is who I am. You know, this is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I do, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it is what it is. Wow, that's awesome. Felicia, this is Tony. We're going to try to identify ourselves because, we, every, you know, you're, you're, you're among the many that say we do sound alike. Yes, you Tell do. Tell us a little bit <laughs> about um, your own show, your own radio show. Yes, um, I am on um, I'm on Magic 101.3 uh, in the Hangout Show every day with DJ Chip in the Columbus, Georgia market. We're also on Kiss 98.1 in the Albany, Georgia market. And then on Sundays, I have my own show, which is called uh, The Sunday Chill with Felicia. And it's from 3 to 7, and it's on Magic 101.3 conventional radio. Wow. Talk about managing your time. You have so much going on. How do you manage your yes. time? Oh, and, and you know what? To go back to answer that question about the Huffington Post, what I was getting to was I did not – I had submitted probably 12 articles to them, and I never got a response in reference to actually writing for them until I sent them one of my videos where I was cussing folks out and um, – <laughs> It was, as a matter of fact, it was the video that I did when I said, stop hoeing out your gift. And then I got an email from Ariana Huffington herself to say, hey, we would like for you to write for us. So I guess I had to just start cussing folks out and be real, you know. (laughs) Just be real. Keeping it real. Mm -hmm. Keeping it real. Keeping it 100. You know, and I had all I had done all of the politically correct stuff. And you know, when you get into motivational speaking and you're trying to keep people up uplifted and all of that, you do and you say all of the politically correct stuff. You know, it's like, okay, believe in yourself, market yourself this way, always be positive, always put out in the universe what you want to give back. But you know, that doesn't necessarily resonate with people who are just sitting on their ass and they're getting stuck or people Mm -hmm. who know all of the politically correct stuff but only really listen until you kind of shake them into their truth. 
Some people have to be shaken into their truth. So it wasn't on purpose that I got on Facebook Live and just started cussing. It was just that I was very passionate about um, indicating to people, hey, this is what it is. This is what the hell it is. And if you allow yourself to just continue to blend into the woodwork, then that's what the hell you're going to get. You're just going to be a knob on the log. That's it. Mm-hmm. I know that's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. This is Tony. I, I just have one more question. At the top, sure. you, you, know, you, you talked about um, you were behind the scenes. You had been behind the scenes. You was able to walk the streets with the money that you had made. And it was until uh-huh. halfway, be, halfway through your career that you decided to get into into the forefront of things. Now, what was right. it that shook Felicia up and made her want to get into the forefront that she wasn't seeing or, or achieving or, or feeling when you were behind the curtain? What was it that was going on in your world that you say, you know, i got to pull the curtain and step out? I went bankrupt. Mm. Um, I, I, I was making um, six figures at 30, and then I was bankrupt by 33. So... <laughs> Um, I had to, for a brief moment, go back into the corporate sector and get myself back to where I had been as far as making that money. But in the process of doing that, I realized that there were so many. Well, you know, nothing happens by happenstance. So Mm -hmm. I felt like I had been taken down that path so that I could meet all of the phenomenal women that ended up working for me. Because even though I had been an entrepreneur since I was 22 years old, had never kept a job longer than Mm -hmm. six months Um, Mm -hmm. from that point until the, you know, the age of, of 30. And it just never really dawned on me that, hell, I have a hell of a resume to be honest with you, because I had, by that point, I had several degrees. But I never really Mm -hmm. thought about it. The corporate was never my shtick. So Mm -hmm. when I lost all of my money, um, because I was, you know, I was doing the promoting thing, and I was was taking bigger and bigger risks, bigger and bigger gambles, and I lost every single dime in one day. And I ended up losing my home, losing my car. I mean, like, I ended up, you know, nowhere to live, you know, mm-hmm. uh, trying to find a friend to let me spend the night. And so when I went back into the corporate sector, I realized that I had to take that part of the journey so that I could meet all of these phenomenal women who were kind of stuck in this place of not knowing what their greatness was or what their greatness mm-hmm. looked like or being afraid to explore their greatness. So at that point, I thought, damn, you know what? It's my job to show them that there's something bigger and better. So I knew at that point I couldn't any longer pretend that it wasn't me that was out there grinding, that it wasn't me out there making that money. It wasn't me out there making moves because mm-hmm. I had to show them, hey, you don't have to be stuck here. You know, right. you don't have to settle for minimum wage and you don't have to settle for an unhappy life and you don't have to settle for these, you know, cheating baby daddies and all of these different things. You know, there's so mm-hmm. much out here that's waiting for you. So that is what made me come from behind the curtain. So at that point, while I was there, in briefly back in the corporate sector to get my money back up, I met all of these phenomenal women, and I put that experience into my first book. Mm-hmm. And we have been enriched as a result of that coming from behind the curtain, so we thank you for that. 
No, thank you guys. Thank you for receiving me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. But I want to take you back because when you mentioned about um, the Huffington Post sending you an email, Uh that speaks to you. You never know who's watching you. You know, so many people watch you. You don't know who's watching you until they step out of the background and say, yeah, I've been watching you, and I saw this, Uh and, you know, this is what I like. How did you get into radio? You know, it's a funny story, um, and and I'll tell you that in a second. I was going to McDonald's today, right, because, you know, I'm still regular schmegular. So um, I've got on my sweats today. My hair is flying all over my head, so I'm going to McDonald's to get some coffee. And I'm walking to McDonald's, and then I forget that I left some of my magazines in the car. So I'm going back outside to get some magazines, and I'm going back at McDonald's. And I step off the curb, and then I jump back because this lady is coming through the parking lot, and she's, like, zooming, and she slams on brakes. And she said, hey, Felicia, how you doing? I said, fine. She said, look. And she holds her phone up, and she's watching my Facebook Live from this morning. (laughs) Wow. And that was so freaky because I'm, like, standing there in this big-ass pink sweatsuit, and she's driving, and that's how she almost hit me because she's looking at my Facebook live, and she's driving. She's watching you. Right. Watching you instead of watching you. Right, right. She was watching me on Facebook Live coming through the parking lot at McDonald's today, and I thought, wow. And, you know, that's that's a small thing, but it's a big thing at the same time because you're like, hmm. You know what? Not that that was the time she should have been watching it, but still, people are actually taking the time out of their life to mm-hmm. listen to something that I have to say. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. And and as far as um, with radio is concerned, I guess it was a natural transition because I have a lot of industry friends. And because I have a lot of industry friends and we hang out and we do stuff, um, we we cross support. And they've always supported me and stuff, and I've always supported them and stuff. And so one day one of my really good friends, DJ Chip, he was like, hey, come hang out with me. And that's what I did. And then the rest is kind of like history. So just Mm -hmm. added one more thing to the notch, I guess. (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. And and support is what you what you need, especially from friends. There's that Absolutely. that that support team to be able to push you. And sometimes they don't have to agree with what you're doing. They don't have to like it, but and they don't have to really see your vision. But if they are supporting you, if they're your friend, they're gonna push you right on through. And sometimes they see things that you don't see. So for him to say, "Come Absolutely. on down and just hang out with me," he he saw it. Right, right, and and mm-hmm. we do that. We have a we have a really tight circle of of people that are really loyal to each other's grind. We're loyal to each other, but we respect each other's grind. So, if there's something that one of us is doing that the other can contribute to, then that's what we do. You know, so mm-hmm. really we have we really have a a consortium of sorts to where whatever it is that we want to do, we probably could because in our respective industries, we are the plug, but then you put it together and you have everything that you need. Mm-hmm. I can attest, I can testify that too, because, you know, I met you at Amir's event last year and that's when you yes, yes, supporting yes, yes. each other. That's where I had the opportunity to actually meet you in person. And uh, you never know who your life who you can touch in their lives, you, you know. know. Sometimes 
paths cross for a reason. So it's absolutely it's, a, it's an awesome thing, and that support absolutely support from your fellow colleagues is is powerful. And I met Amir through Shona, and Shona and I met through um, attending an 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 awards show and author conference. So. You know, networking is really, really important. And when you network, you've got to link up with people that believe in value for value. Everybody doesn't believe in value for value. Some people Mm -hmm. you're going to, you'll be able to give them value, but then they can't give you any value. But when Mm -hmm. you link up with people and there's a clear understanding of value for value, not you use me, I use you, not that, it's you have something that you bring to the table. I've got something I bring to the table. Let's put these things together and make something happen. That's what I call value for value, you know, whereas you have people who never show up for anything that anybody has going on, but then they always mm-hmm. expect people to show up for them. That is not value for value. That's so true. And speaking of meeting, Risha and I, you know, we support everybody, and we were at the awards last year with Tamika Newhouse, and that's where we uh-huh. actually met Jonah. You know, so you never know where your path is right. across. And we we didn't know. We just met her at the awards. Remember she came up? And she was so And she, so knew, who, she knew who we were. <laughs> she knew who we right, were because right. I did a live. And she says, I was looking for you. I thought she was somebody else. I said, oh, my goodness. But yes, it is it's oh, awesome. But that was the, actually the first time I met Felicia because Felicia was at the door. Mm-hmm. Right, that's right, that's right. Because Shona and I, and that's a funny story too, because the first year that Shona and I went to the Author Awards, the Black Author Awards, it's actually the African American um, Book Club Awards. The first time we went, we just went as attendees, but. Because of the kind of people that we are, we emailed Tamika, had never met her, didn't know her, nothing. We sent her an email and said, hey, we're coming to the awards. Do you need us to come down a day early so we can help you? Mm-hmm. She, We had never met her before. Mm-hmm. And she was like, sure, mm-hmm. come hang out. So we actually went uh-huh. to Atlanta a day early, spent mm-hmm. the night a day early, and showed up at the venue, and we were stuffing bags you know, putting signs up, you know, just doing, you know, just jumping in there and lifting a hand. So from there, the following year, we became board members. So now we actually sit on that board, both of us do. Mm -hmm. That's that's awesome. Networking is real. Uh Absolutely. And I want to ask you this because you have so much going on on your plate. I can't wait to hear the branding and motivational (laughs) talk too that you give us on next weekend. But all the things that you have on your plate that you have going on, if we were sitting here in a year from now having, having, yes, it is, I'm excited, having the same interview uh, with you, what are some of the things we will be talking about that you accomplished in 2017? Wow. Um, The biggest thing that I will be talking about that day is do your dream. You know, I mentioned that in a post um, when I shared the event on my page because that particular day when I come to um, Atlanta for the, um, when I come to Atlanta for the, um, uh, for the Divas Luncheon, there's going to be a room full of dreamers there, okay, which is right down my alley. Um, And a lot of people 
never get to do their dream. You know, they dream about things, but they don't get to do their dream. And so I'll definitely be talking about that because, you know, regardless of what your situation is, what your standing is in life, what your financial situation is, um, whatever, if you have even the slightest inclination to do something more or different with your life, then you should absolutely do your dream. And for me, for 2017, most of the things that I'm doing now are things that I thought about probably when I was in high school and in college and, you know, coming up. And it's just, it's, doing what I do is not necessarily what I do. It's it's my life, it's my lifestyle. You know, Mm -hmm. doing my dream is my lifestyle. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I definitely agree with that And it's funny because I was just talking to I don't know, Was I talking to Tony? I don't know who I was talking to about that You know, you have so many people that settle You know, we I think we're talking about this on the air You settle for so many things in life um, And when it comes to jobs We normally settle into a job Sometimes and most of the time It's because somebody sold you their vision That they feel that you should have So you settled in that vision And you settled in that life And then you realize right. that oh, Yeah this is not this is not my thing right here And then you know, when it's, we It's, as it's funny you would say that I have a comment about that when you get done mm-hmm. <laughs> Right and then we as consumers We walk into the establishment The store, the restaurant And we get it you know, we get that bad customer service sometimes, and it's like people can see that you really don't like your job. Like I went into CVS today, and the lady, she she wasn't smiling. She just looked flustered. She was like, I'm ready to go. And it's like I really wanted to tell her, oh, honey, you need a new job. But, you know, I can't step on, you know, that's what she did. Right. But I really want to tell her that you have to do what you enjoy, what you like. And sometimes – you're not blessed to do it right away. Sometimes you have to do other things until you are blessed to do it. But once you are blessed to do it, that's what you should be focusing on. You know, you have to right. make sure that you have your own vision and your own dream for yourself because society, the world, your family, people around you, they will create one for you, and it's not going to be something that you want, and it's not going to be something that you want to do. So you have to make sure that you have something that you focus on. We submit to so many different people, but sometimes yes, we, we just do. need to submit to our own future, submit to your own Absolutely. future, submit to your own goals, submit to yourself. And it's not – Nothing wrong with being selfish. I don't think it right. is. Right. No, it's not. And and to piggyback off of what you just said, I am of the unpopular. Now, let me underline that. I am of the unpopular opinion that you cannot give me what you want me to have. Give me what the fuck I want. Give me what makes mm-hmm. me happy. And we go so long in life with people just giving us what they want us to have. And, and you, can, you can look at it from any point of view you want to look at, male-female relationships, um, a job situation, a career situation. People have the uncanny knack of trying to give you what they want you to Stop trying to give me what you want me to have. Give me what the fuck I want. I There are certain things that I want that make me happy. Sure, that might make you happy, but that doesn't make me happy. Take the time out to ask me. 
How do I want to be received? How do I want to be touched? How do I want to be looked at? How do I want to be viewed? How do I want to make my money? How do I want to hustle? Hell, what do I want to eat? Don't bring me no meatloaf home and you know I don't like meatloaf. That's what you want to eat. You can't make me want what you want. You can't make me like what you like. I don't like the hell you like. this. But we as women, we will go through our entire lives trying to accommodate everything and everybody, not to make ripples. But at this point, 45, 46 years old, trust me, my opinion is very unpopular because guess what? I'm living my truth with every second and every breath that I have left in my body. Don't give me what you want me to have. Don't give me what you think I need. Don't give me what you think I should have. Give me what the fuck Mm -hmm. I want. I'm living my truth every single day. And again, it's unpopular because guess what? Most of the time people are not in agreement of that because most of the time people come from a very selfish place. This is what they want to do at the time. This is what they want to give you at the time. This is what, you know, it's like with Valentine's Day. Guys bring you stuff for Valentine's Day, right? And they're like, oh, man, this is going to kill it. I'm going to give her this bear. I'm going to give her these flowers. You know, hey, if you really took time out to get to know who I am, then you would realize I don't even like flowers. I don't like the scent of flowers. I don't like the Mm -hmm. scent of fruit. I like musky smells. I like sensual smells. I like sandalwood. I like myrrh. I like frankincense. You know what I mean? But a lot of times people don't take the time out to find out what it is that you want. So transitioning that into your hustle, when you're trying to step out here as an entrepreneur and you're trying to really do your thing, a lot of times people will not understand what it is you're trying to do. Won't you get a regular job? Why don't you do this? That's not what I want to do. I want to do something that satisfies me, even if I go broke doing it, even if I go hungry doing it, even if I get a headache doing it, and even if I alienate people doing it, at least I did what I wanted to do. Stop trying to visit your desires on me. And it took me this long at 45 to 46 years old to be able to vocally say that because there was a point where I would just take whatever you gave me, you know, Whatever it is, bad presence, bad sex, bad relationships, bad friendships, bad business, whatever. You know, but now I'm like, hell no, I don't want that. <laughs> this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. And it's so freeing. Just, just to hear you put it in words, it just frees you to, to be you. It frees you like a mug, trust me. Mm-hmm. Now, and, again, it's, it's, not, it's not a popular position now because people will be looking at you like you're crazy. But if you do not begin living and speaking your truth, you will walk around and you'll have a chest full of shit that you don't want, you don't need, and you can't use. And you will you Absolutely. will pass you will pass through this lifetime without having done any of the things that you wanted to do, experience any of the things that you wanted to do, live the way you wanted to live, and just desire the things that you desire because you'll have a chest full of stuff that society thinks you should have. You know, mm-hmm. this is how society is set up. You're supposed to go to your job, you're supposed to clock in, you're supposed to take shit and you're supposed to like it. That's what society mm-hmm. says you're supposed to do. You know, but that's not necessarily for everybody. Right. And I'm glad that you brought that up because a lot of times, you know, that's why we go through so much trial and error in life where we don't know how to do certain things. Um, There's this book called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Oh, my God. Yes, The Five Love Languages. I love 
I love that book and the what I get from his book and what he always talks about is nine times out of ten, people love on other people the way they want to be loved the on. Way they, so most men right. just have to be affirmed. And if you touch a man and tell him he's awesome, he all in. So that's why he's petting your hair and telling you you great and because he's loving you the way he receives love. And that's the problem. Exactly. We don't love people. We don't um, interact with people the way that that person is going to receive us. We do it the way exactly. we receive things. So, therefore, when people say things to us, you know, how, what's that saying? I'm not responsible for um, how you take what I say right like I can say something but I'm not responsible for the way you take it because see you want to you're expecting things the way you give them out so if you're right. expecting it a preset expectation in your head uh-huh. everything is not going to go that way and so I'm glad that you brought uh-huh. that up because that's what we do a lot of times whether it's we do relationship, it, we do it a lot yes marriages <laughs> School, work, it does us, it does friends, us, it does all that. Disservice. Yeah, it does us a disservice, especially women. And that's another reason why women have it so hard in the entrepreneurial realm and out in the workplace because a lot of times we are so used to accommodating. If someone hands you something the way they think you should have it and you just deal with it, Whenever you decide to speak up about it, now you now it now it's a problem. Now it's a problem. Now you want to tell me all the reasons why I've got to, you know, I'm I'm all crazy for having a problem with it. But you know, it it goes back to communication, simple communication. Okay, ask someone what it is that they like or that they love or that they want. You know. Um, for me, I don't really wait around for people to ask me. I just do what I think works for me, okay? Most of the time, people don't get what works for me, and I don't wait around for them to get it. But then now, now where I am in today, to my right now, when people mm-hmm. do try to hand me something that doesn't work for my right now, I'm vocal about it. I'm living my truth. No, that ain't for me. I don't want that. I don't, I, that's not what I'm doing. I don't like it. I don't want it. No. Mm-mm. Whereas, you know, maybe in another life I would have accommodated. But now, no. Why? Mm-hmm. That's so true. This is Tony Bleacher. And, you know, just speaking on what you have been speaking of earlier, so much time goes by for you just accepting and just, you know, taking what sure give you. You can't get those sure. years back. You can't get those sure. years and back. Nope. You cannot, and that's why a lot of people who have, like, you. I, do you know how many people I run into who want to write a book and or, who are sitting on it? Because society says that, again, like I said, you're supposed to go to that job. You're supposed to clock in. They ain't paying you shit, but you're supposed to like it. You're supposed to stay there all damn day. You're supposed to kiss their ass. But you never have time to work on your personal dream. And because society is set up that way, you never invest any time in anything that gives you any sort of happiness. And there are people that I run across, I I can tell you right now, there are people that I've probably talked to two, three, four years ago that were talking about writing a book and still haven't done it because they're Mm. waiting for that right moment to happen. That right moment is never going to happen. You're going to have to carve out that time for yourself to do what makes you happy because society is not set up for you to win. 
It's not set up mm-hmm. for you to win. It's set up for you to take a win, you know, but it's not set up to give you a win, not at all. That's powerful. It's funny. This is Leisha because I was—I just had this conversation with somebody earlier today, and uh, we were talking about because I'm relocating and I'm job honey, Uh and I'm like, okay, well, I remember uh, last year I was going to for my bash my masters, and Uh you know. At the school, the lady, you know, they have the the counselor, career counselors there, you know. So she was like, well, what kind of job, who do you see yourself working for? What kind of job do you see yourself in? And I said, I don't see myself working for nobody. And she just kind of looked at me, so like, what you doing here? But it was because this is what I was told I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to get my master's, and I'm supposed to, these are the things that I'm supposed to do. But when you sit down and actually think about it, it's like, I don't see myself working for other people. So now, fast forward, I have I, I do have to find a job and so I can be able to do the things that I enjoy as well. Right. And it's like right. you get online, it's like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but society is set up for you to believe that that is what you are supposed to do. And that is, but, but if you think about it, um, our – our country could not thrive if it were opposite. If it were the the 10% and the 90% that I talked about earlier, if that were opposite, our our country could not thrive. Our country thrives off of 90% of society working for the 10%. And as long as the 10% as long as the 90% can keep the frame of mind where that's all they can do, then the ten percent will always dominate that that realm, that small percentage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely! Wow, that's powerful. Well, Felicia, we have so enjoyed you in the chat room. You know, we could just talk all Thank night. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, I can go. I have no problem with talking. <laughs> Before you leave the chat room, I want to give you a fun question. You know, we like to uh, okay. in our interviews with something fun and upbeat. Now, if you were Uh-oh. a superhero, well, I'm, I'm already cussed. So, uh, what is it going to be? <laughs> you can do anything. You, you can, and I said I wasn't. I said I wasn't going to cuss tonight. But okay, go ahead. Just block up. You can say what you want, girl. But if you were a superhero, what? Who would you be, and what would your special powers be? If I was a superhero. Mhm. If I was a superhero, I would be the invisible girl. Because it's a whole lot of folks that I would love to get inside their brain or be somewhere where they didn't know I was there, so I could figure out what in the, what they're really fucking talking about when it comes to me. Because <laughs> you when know, people give you. you one people give you one appearance when you're right there, but then when you're mm-hmm. not, it's a whole nother thing. So if I could make myself invisible, so I could beam myself down and really hear what they had to say when I'm not around, that would just mm-hmm. give me just. That would just give me, oh my gosh, just the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate laugh. Oh, you can see and see through all that BS. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I mean, because you know, you can already assume what it is, but uh-huh. that's all you're doing is assuming. You don't know for sure, you know. Right. But I would right. love to just be this invisible superhero so I could just beam down into one of these conversations where, you know, they're really giving me the business. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, I materialize, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, what's up?" Ah, <laughs> then you just 
you come into your Straight form. Covert. <laughs> right, right. Straight covert with it.
like the picture, the money, it ain't the issue, I'm hustling. I'ma get it if I have to water, whip it, it's down. 36 O's, drop that in my bank account. Switch the hustle up on their ass and do the same amount. Augusta hustle, catch up to my muscle, bitch, I'm living. Yo, God, it told me he got work, I said, OG, let's get it. They do my dirt with no co-defending, I know they snitching. 30 inch wheels, but he broke, that boy got no ambition. I was 16, triple beam, leaning on it. No, the street couldn't hold me, they triple teaming on me. I remember telling Frank, boy, I want a bag. Now I'm shopping with my bitch, all she want is Chanel. Went to sleep, count sheep, I woke up counting money. If it's right for the price, tell him I said money. Remember, I ain't have a pot to piss me. Started whipping, 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 now look how I'm living. Chilly in it, big got all my chains on. Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on. Told that walker flocker got that flame on. Take me jugging with my rich home. Hey, hey, this I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. I really live it like for real. I really do this shit for real. A hundred twenty carries, don't get yourself embarrassed. What I paid for the cross, I could have bought a navy. Four thousand thirty two grams, say one. Home damage chain is what I paid for just one. When I was young, they labeled you for a damn fool. Twenty two's enough on my Benz truck and my old school. You get the picture, the money, it ain't the issue. Six figures before the rap game, now I'm a little richer, homie. Still a real nigga, yeah. I do real shit, man. West fucking round with star ship to my whole creek. Run down the Springfield, nigga. Get it how you live. Real recognized, real and don't pay the fucking bill. Broke niggas on chill. Got it on them things in the fast lane. Burning brain, bumping Jake and I live. I represent no Memphis, motherfucker. And this is how I live, motherfucker. This your boy, you got it. Hey, 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 got all my chains on. Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on. Told that walker flocker got that flame on. Just be jugging with my rich home. Hey, hey, this I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. I really live it like for real. I really do this shit for real. This I live. You are now tuned in to the mother of uh, greatest. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. Thank you for everybody that has tuned into our fabulous show on today. I do have to say that Blue Kimball has canceled because he is stuck at a premiere. Everybody knows, well, if you don't know, he is uh, a character on the media, which premieres this Saturday on TV One, uh, February 25th, and so he has to reschedule, so we're going to um, cut our show short today. We got Sharif. He always brings in everything he has, Mr. 4.9. You know he has all that energy with the tight Get in and make me act up, please. <laughs> I know. You know he always try to come in with that deep little voice he got. Make you cross your legs. Everybody got to get sips of water and things. Y'all see, if y'all ain't red tights, then y'all don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> hey, Sharif, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? Hey, Sharif. <laughs> can y'all hear me? Yes, okay. we can hear you. Okay. I, you know what? Um, I don't know about that deep voice y'all talking about. I've been, I've been recording this very, uh, my voice kind of. Kind of horse, but it's all good. It's all good. 
wasn't having it. Absolutely. Yes, you're doing audio books. Tell us about that. Oh, you know, yeah, audio books is what it is, you know. Everybody, you know, everybody know that. I mean, it wasn't, you know, three, four years ago. Then nobody wanted audio books now. And you ain't doing nothing unless you got an audio book, correct? Am I, am I right? Yeah, give people choices. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Plus, you know, you know, plus, you know, exactly. Plus, uh, you know, it's all about them dollars, you understand. And they're giving a 40% royalty rate for independent office. So I got to go over there and get some of that 40% royalty money over there. Y'all know how that is? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Now, Sharif, yeah. Sharif is also one of the featured authors at the Divas Lunch at Eat and Greet next weekend here in Atlanta. Tell everybody Indeed. a little bit about um, your journey and the passion that you have and where where you get your inspiration from. Wow. I mean, that's kind of a loaded question right there. Okay, so um, – my journey, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always ongoing. Um, first of all, I got to give it up for uh, Felicia L. Hammond. I was, uh, I was listening. She killed it. You know, if, if y'all wasn't listening, she dropped a lot of jewels on y'all. You know, so uh, I agree with 100% of everything that she said. Um, so, but uh, as far as my journey goes, you know, I'm, I'm kind of similar to her. Now, I've, I've never been a 9 to 5 type of person, you know. I, I've I've had jobs, you know, and I've I've never been, you know, fired. I've always quit, you know. Um, I'm a hard worker. I just don't want to work for somebody else. And I knew that kind of early, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. when I was like maybe five. <laughs> 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 you know, like I, I, I've always wanted that right now, you know. And I didn't want nobody dictating to me what they thought I should get paid. You know what I mean? And, you know, and um. My dad gave me an analogy one time. He says, you know, it's like being a grasshopper in a jar. So if you ever caught a grasshopper when you were little and it would pop up, it would, it would, you know, it would jump and it would always hit his head on top of the lid. You know what I mean? So it's, it's only so far you can go, you know, and I, I didn't never want to be a grasshopper in a jar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to, you know, jump out that joint and just, you know, hop around and see what's up. Because I figured, you know, I can pretty much make, what you know, I can definitely make fifteen dollars an hour if I put my mind to it on my own. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. that's kind of my mentality. It's like, well, you know, if I can make that on my own without being trapped in, you know, that whole, you know, I want to go on vacation. How many days you got left? And you know, you got a bid <laughs> for this time off. And, you know, you took too long to eat your French fries on your lunch break where you been. I'm like, don't, I don't even want to answer them questions. I mean, for real. You know, if I want to wax my car all day, who gives a fuck? That's what I want to do because, you know, I grind, you know what I'm saying, for those reasons. You know what I mean? My daughter got a, something going on. I, nah, daddy. I mean, just, nah, baby, daddy got to work. I couldn't get off. Man, I ain't trying to hear all that. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. I do what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? You know, and my journey's been a rough one. You know, it's, it's been full of, you know, ups and downs, you know, more ups and downs. But, you know, it it it, it started at an early age. And so with the whole uh, author, you know, thing, you know, I didn't even know that I was going to be an author. I always knew that I had um, a gift for writing, 
you know, and a, a gift for words in general, you know, and kind of when I speak, people tend to listen. I've always had, you know, an ability to write. All of us have a gift. Each of us, when, when we're born, we're born with a gift that, that, that God gives you. I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly, that, I mean, you one in a million. One in a million. It's a, it was a million sperm racing to get that egg, and guess who won? You. You. So you already came in as joining the winner, so God blessed you with a certain gift. Now, take, take Whitney Houston. You know, she's not the only person that can sing, but he definitely blessed her with the ability to sing. But it's like he blessed a lot of singers with that ability, but that's their ability. So when you don't use that, you don't exercise that or, or use that gift, it's kind of like a, like a slap in the face to God, actually, if you ask me. It's like, okay, well, I gave you the ability to sing. Why are you working at fucking Walmart? Uh-huh. You know, like, uh-huh. I mean, you know you can blow the, blow the doors off this building once you open your mouth. Why are you sitting here scanning... Diapers for a living. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think you should really just go ahead and quit and just pursue that. Or you know, if you can't quit, just steal away from that job and pursue your passion like Felicia was saying. And so that's kind of mm-hmm. what I did, you know, when it came to Tyson. The thing about, you know, following your journey is sometimes it gets real dark. It gets real dark. It gets it get dark. It gets dark, y'all. It sure do. It gets dark. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sometimes being a grown up, you be thinking like this. This grown up stuff, this stuff, something else right here. This, this, this is kind of hard. This, I want to go back to like you know eating lunch at the table. My mama feeding me grilled cheese sandwich. Can we go back to that? Because this right here is hard. And 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 there really is. There's no school that teaches you how to be an entrepreneur. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a school you can go to learn how to be a barber. School you can go to learn how to be a you know, a, a, a real estate, you know, whatever, like a real estate agent and all this kind of stuff. But there's no mm-hmm. school that teaches you how to grind. There's no school that teaches you how to be an entrepreneur. So it's really a, a learning on the job experience. So that journey is, you know, it's, it's a lot of loops and dips and, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's very, it's, it's, it's extremely rewarding when you put something mm-hmm. out there on faith. I mean, oh, because when I put Tice out or any other book I put out, Everything I've done, there wasn't nobody coming up to me saying, "Hey, this is gonna be a hit," you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. you know, you know, you, you you're doing the right thing. It was me sending that out. Every book I I put out before I hit that publish button, I'm independent. I could have been signed a long time ago. Turned down four or five offers to be signed. Just so y'all know, I stay independent because mm-hmm. I want all my money. I don't want nobody telling me. We think you should do this. Right. We think you should go this route or not. Nah, that's a little bit too much. I'm like, no, 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 shut up, because I'm an artist and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But you can't, mm-hmm. there is no guarantee what you're going to do will be successful. But how I say is I bet on myself. And when I bet on myself, man, you know what? I ain't never lost. I ain't never lost. And mm-hmm. I bet on myself and I go all in, I've never lost. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't sell, you know, as well as I did with the last one or whatever the case is, it's still not a loss to me because, you know, I generated some, I got I got something from it. You know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. whether it's the uh, the accomplishment of seeing something through, you know what I'm saying, from beginning to end, from concept to, you know, to uh, to, to end result, there's, there's, there's a certain reward that comes with that. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a certain it's, it's a certain type of feeling that you can't really get from anything else. You know what I mean? Anything else. And it's so rewarding. But it does get dark, y'all. I'm, 
Yeah, everybody <laughs> listening, it's entrepreneurs out there. Y'all know what I'm talking about, you know. But uh, yeah. But oh, it does wanna... like the light comes, you know. <laughs> it, it, it does. And with that, yeah. you know, this is Tony. You know, Felicia talked about that grind, and she really, mm-hmm. she, you know, she took us through her journey, and she shared so many things with us, and we appreciate her. But you know, you talk about the grind, and and and. And talking about the vacation, whether you still have time, that's like that corporate world, that world that most of us work in nine to five. But how difficult has it been? At what point did you, you, you're in the entrepreneurship, but at what point did you say, man, I can't do this? Like you said, it gets dark. (laughs) You know, was there ever a time that you thought maybe this is not the path I should take? Um. To be honest, um, yeah, I mean, there were times when I, you know, like when I questioned, you know, what I'm doing, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you, that's, that's a process that's where, I mean, she mentioned that she went bankrupt. I mean, that, that's something mm. that she shared with y'all. You yes. know what I mean? And, you know, if you look at, it was, if you look at a lot of entrepreneurs, I mean, she went from, uh, what did she say, making six figures, you know what I'm saying, and 36 mm-hmm. months later, she broke. You know, and that's the real yeah. thing. But if you look at every entrepreneur, you know what I'm saying, and research their background, they've had more failures than they've had successes. Or the or they've been like completely out of the game and they had to put themselves back in the game. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah, there was times like that, you know, when I was like, Okay, well, hmm, okay, what am I doing here? I mean, do I keep mm-hmm. going this route or you know what I mean, do I take a different route? Do I stop? You know, is it worth it? You know, and then I just, just, I, I just can't do it because again, that would be turning my back on my gift. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I figured mm-hmm. if I just stay the course, I better myself. You know, and when I line those things up, I say, okay, you got a God-given gift. You know what I'm saying? To write, you know, gift with words. Okay, cool. Check. That's positive. Is mm-hmm. what you're doing positive? Are you hurting anybody? No. All right, check that box. You. You got a passion for it? Yeah. Check that box. You got talent? Yeah. Check that box. Okay, but then what are you sitting here debating for? It is what you're supposed to be doing. It's just mm-hmm. not where you want to be right now. But if you keep going, then, all right, then maybe, you know what I'm saying, it will get there. But the thing that keeps me going is I don't want to be, you know, like 50 and 60 and 70, you know, and thinking, what if? You know what I mean? Like, what right. if? Right. And so I want to be 50 and 70, you know what I'm saying, and be like, you know, I know what is because I went for it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I I, did, I stepped up to the batting cage and I curved ball, you know what I mean? Give me, the, give me your best pitch. I'm just swing at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And boom, and I don't want to wonder. Yeah, you see, I didn't meet me. I don't want to wonder if I would have hit a home run or not. You see what I'm saying? I, 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 mm-hmm. I want to be able to say, I actually stepped up, you know, with the bat in my hand. You got to be in it. You got to be in it, though. (laughs) I I took a swing at it. And look what happened. Mm -hmm. Bam, hit a home run. I don't want to be thinking that what if. I can't can't live with that. That I can't live with. Right. That's a grind right there. Wondering whether you could have even done it if you hadn't been in it. That can grind on you for years. Your whole life. Your your whole life. You see people walking around the press in a bad mood, that's because they didn't step up, you know what I mean, in that back to that, to, that, to that plate and take their swing. And now they're sitting there all bitter because that window done been closed on them. And they like, mm-hmm. now they stuck. 
they stuck. And they walk around mad at everybody else. Who's mad at me? Stuck. And, and don't know where yeah. to turn. They don't. And they just bitter. They bitter. And they can't blame wow. nobody. Well, 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 go look in the mirror and then punch yourself in the face. Why you sitting there got an attitude with everybody else? <laughs> you know, that's human nature. You know, that's human nature to to want to blame someone other than yourself. This is Tony, I'm sorry. But that's just human no, nature. No, you know, you look no, for somebody, look around, well, who can I blame for this? I'm stuck. Who can I blame for Nobody. It? Nobody. Just look blame in the mirror. <laughs> blame it. Yeah, go to the mirror, you know, stand there naked so you can see what it is. You know what I mean? Right. Stand there naked and look at the mirror and punch yourself in the face. Go ahead. Oh. Just punch the yeah. Because I mean I that's who you know what I mean, just punch yourself in the face. You're the one that didn't step up. You're the one that that that, that chose to keep going to Walmart stocking at night instead of going there between your fingers. You the one that did that. Oh yeah. Wow. You're mad at nobody wow. else. Well, you've been in this industry for, for, for a minute. You know, you have seen the light, as you say. It's no longer dark. But but through, through it all, what has been your biggest pet peeve about the industry that you've come across? Uh, my biggest pet peeve about the industry? Um, uh, let's see. Um, my biggest pet peeve is that, is that um, as authors, you know, and then I, I consider myself, you know, among that this this whole industry. You know, I'm not I'm not above it. I'm you know I'm among it. You know what I mean? So it's like, so when I'm looking, and I'm like, okay, well, the thing about like authors, especially urban fiction authors, is that, I mean, I don't think we really max ourselves out. I think we just kind of just just kind of one track mind with it. Just write a book, put your name on it put it out. You know, mm-hmm. my biggest pet peeve is that authors do not consider themselves as artists. And I just cannot understand it. I just don't understand it. Mm. It's interesting I mean, that I mean, you say that, um, Sharif. This is Tony, because, you know, I wanted to ask you, it, it, it's been like in the back of my mind, you know, we've had authors in the past, I'm going to say pre-social media, you know, and I'm going to go back even to, like, Donald Boyne and Beatrice Small for those romance fiction novels. But this new generation of authors has so much at their disposal with social media. As a new author in this business, how can you use those tools to be a greater generation of authors? Okay. And I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because you know, as as society, you know, um, um, uh, progresses, you know, what I mean, like now you have so much at your disposal where you can get yourself out there for free, basically, for free. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I think what this generation, you know, of, of authors could could really, use, I mean, could really utilize is just just change the way you view what you do. Seriously, because you are an artist. And mm-hmm. I'll prove it to you. The top three forms, I mean, and I sound like I'm, like, really kind of, you can, can, can you hear it in my voice? Because I'm really, like, disgusted. But, but look, the, mm-hmm. the top three forms, I'm pleading to y'all, do, listen to me. The top three forms of, okay, music and tell, I'm sorry, um, TV, movies, one category. You got music and you got books. 
that means that the consumers out there that want to take themselves out of that reality, working at Walmart, mm-hmm. the single mom, whatever the case is, what mm-hmm. they do to take themselves out of their reality is they watch a movie or television. You know, maybe, maybe they watch the quad. You understand? Homeboy canceled. You know, he's doing the same, but you got people that's watching the quad for what? To take themselves <laughs> out of their reality, to be entertained. Those are artists doing that. They listen to music. Why? Mm-hmm. To take themselves out of their reality, to be entertained, or they read books. See that often? The person reading your book is doing so because they want to take themselves out of their reality. They want to be entertained. How the fuck are you not an artist? How are you not an artist? Because you're entertaining them the same way the other forms are entertaining them. However, the other artists over there, the, uh, the, the, the singer and the actor, best believe they faces on the cover. They faces on that movie poster. They faces on that album. They faces on that CD. Why are you not associating yourself a visual with what you do? Why are you walking in a room for your book signing and don't nobody know it's you until you set your damn table up with your book on display? Then they say, oh, you that's who I came to see. Well, you didn't know that when I walked in this motherfucker. You understand? Until I set my table up. I think that that's fucking stupid. It's, it's fucking retarded. You got to walk in with a T-shirt that says your name on the front of it just so people can know that you're the person they came to see because they loved your book and entertained them. But they didn't have nothing to go on but your damn name. You don't walk around with your name on the front of your body every day. Mm-hmm. You walk around with your face. So, mm. new generation authors, the best thing you could do, which would take you further than you've ever imagined, is to associate yourself with what the fuck you do. With mm-hmm. what you, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm cussing, but this is how passionate about it. Because you can go so much further as an artist when you have a visual. When that consumer mm-hmm. Can a social they, they, the brain does it for them. It does it for them. When I mention to you, if I say Denzel Washington, just the name alone, what pops up in your head? Mm-hmm. A visual, right? Tall, dark, and handsome. Okay, what's next? What he does. He's an actor, and it works both ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you hear him, if you if, if you if you see a movie and it does not even say Denzel Washington, you know it's him. Right. He don't have to tell you Denzel Washington. You can watch the movie right in the middle of it. And you know, oh, that's Denzel Washington. What does he do? He's an actor. Don't have those three. They don't have what they do, their name, and a visual. They have what mm-hmm. they do and their name. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's no visual. Mm-hmm. You have and to in addition to that, Therese, I'm like, this is Tony. And in addition to that, like you say, like you mentioned Denzel, some people, they just go on that first name and you know exactly who they are, what they exactly. do, how long they've been yeah. in the business, whatever the industry is, that first name, and that's all it exactly. takes. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And then, and then, and then, your brain will make that make that other connection for you, meaning mm-hmm. what they look like. Absolutely. And, and it does it in reverse, like it, it works all together. If you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, if you hear a mm-hmm. Beyonce song, nobody has to tell you that's Beyonce. When you hear that voice, you automatically say. That's Beyonce. What does she do? Exactly. The singer. 
You know what I'm saying? So the, the way you trans, like, transgress and leap over these hurdles and take yourself to new heights is you mm-hmm. have to have a visual with your art. The right. consumers, I, I, I went to women, and uh, again, this is a fact. I don't know if other people recognize it. Women, you, Lisa, you, Miss Tony, y'all are avid readers. Man, these these artists around here, authors are like, actors are like, would be broke as fuck without women like you. Because 98% of all artists are rich or whatever they are because of women. Point blank period. Mm-hmm. Y'all the ones, dudes don't go buy nothing. You don't buy shit. Mm-hmm. You don't. Mm-hmm. You don't buy nothing. Mm-hmm. It's women. Women make Trey Songz big. Women make Chris Brown big. Women make, you know, uh, Idris Elba the star that he is. Y'all do. So mm-hmm. you got to give these women a visual to go along mm-hmm. with them consuming your art. Right. Absolutely. And, when, and the key now, is, like, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, this is Alicia. Now, because you, you touched on a lot of great points that, you know, how do you expect people to check for you if they don't know who they're checking for? What are some of the things that you're doing um, to make sure that people recognize you along with your work? Um, well, I can't say that it's working, you know, um, but I took I took two years off, you know. Um, uh, but, but, like, the things that I'm doing is I'm, I'm going back. I'm redoing all my covers, you know, and I'm putting myself on the cover. I got a book uh, called Relationships, an audio book coming out, you know, and that that's me on the cover. That's, that's me right there on the cover, front and center, you know. And, again, it's not for everybody, and I can give a fuck what anybody think about I'm, I'm like I'm like Felicia. I don't give a damn if it's not for you if you think I shouldn't do that. I don't care. I don't care. This is, this is what I want to do. So, you know, I'm putting myself self on, like on the cover. I'm gonna start doing more videos. I mean, you know, start just put myself out there, making as much events, as many events as I possibly can. You know, it's a slow transition, but it's kind of like Novocaine. You know, it's like Novocaine. You know, mm-hmm. it, just give it time. It's gonna set in, and before you know it, I'm gonna have people rocking first with Sharif 4.9. First, second mm-hmm. is what I put out. Third is, you know, what I am. You know, I'm an author, but I'm an artist. So instead of how everyone else is doing it, that they, they got people rocking with the book first. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they got people mm-hmm. waiting on the book, the book, the book, the book, the book. Okay, and then the author that the, the artist that actually wrote the book is actually second. No, 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 no. Something is wrong with that because you can only go so far with that because what if you like detract from that book, and then you want to put something else out. It's not going to go as hard because guess what? They have a better relationship with your best-selling series than they do you. And, I, and then I've, I've had a best-selling series, you know what I'm saying, all day long, tight. You know what I'm saying? But even that, that, that hasn't scratched like, like the whole surface of, of, of what it could be, you know what I'm saying? Because what, just 350 million people on the earth? We all of them ain't wearing tights. Please believe that. But I've had a best-selling series, and people associated more with Tice than they did with me. Now, I created a great character, no doubt. But, hello, I wrote Tice. Excuse me. Hello, Therese. Really? Y'all jocking Tice? Why aren't you jocking me? Something wrong with that. I'm sorry. Tice is a phenomenal character. That's my dude. 
but I'll vote the motherfucker. <laughs> but that's true, because when I think of price, it's price, it's just automatic. And sometimes exactly. I text myself from either calling you Tice. Right. Exactly. But, and then if you want to take that a step further, if you notice on, like, New York Times bestseller books, um, if you notice on independent books, a lot of times you see the publisher, the title, then the author's name. And the author's name is not even large. I think that your your mm-hmm. name should be not the, so overwhelming, but it should, it should pop out. And at the same go. time, you know, I got a book fetish. I love to look at books and touch them. I like to look at their inside formatting, their typesetting. I, li- I love to see how they're put together. And if you notice on New York Times bestselling books, the publisher is not at the top of the book. They're not on the cover at all. They might be on the bind and on the inside, mm-hmm. but they are not on the cover of that book. It's the title exactly. and the author's name. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And then, and then, and then, then, in traditional sense, in order to get a visual of what that author looks like, you got to turn the book over. Remember that? Turn the book over. Mm-hmm. It's a little picture of the author in the bottom left-hand corner. It looks like, it's like a, yeah. a senior high school picture. Like, damn, mm-hmm. right there. See, to me, something is wrong with that. But if you look at, see, but then, but then, but then check this out, y'all. What did Steve Harvey do when he put his book out? What did T.I. do when he put his book out? What, what did Taraji P. Henderson do when they put their book out? What did um, um, Tyrese do when he put his book out? How to Get Out of Your Own Way. They put themselves on the cover. Now, why is that? It would be asinine for them not to put themselves on the cover because they're known for something else. They're, they're an artist in a different genre, actor, singer, you know, things like that, comedian, whatnot. That's their art form. But then when they want to cross mm-hmm. over and go into the book world, it'd be stupid for them not to put their face on the book. So they're coming over there into my genre, into my industry that I'm a part of, and they're putting their, they're putting their face on the book. Authors should have a problem with that mm-hmm. because, I mean, not is. a problem with it. Not, I mean, mm-hmm. not a problem, but they should look at it and be like, hmm, why did he put his face on there? Because he's going to sell more books, that's why, because he's known for something else. Why don't you mm-hmm. get known how he got known, how, how Steve Harvey got known in his genre, which is, you know, he's, he's, he's a comedian slash actor, cool band. He ain't an author, mm-hmm. but he, he had a visual connected with every single thing that he do. Therefore, he has a tripod. Visually, you know what he looks like. Big hair, now he bald, thick-ass mustache. That's Steve Harvey. But then when he writes mm-hmm. a book, he puts his face on that in your genre, author, and you sitting there with, with your name at the bottom of your book, thinking you're doing something. Pete mm-hmm. Gang, trying to tell you, nah, have your, have, you need to associate yourself with what the fuck you do. But you got to brand yourself, and that's also where, this is Tony, where social media can come into play as well, because you have that. People have, they have all types of devices where they can can access you now. So that's another way these new realm of authors and artists can use the social media to to better brand themselves. Right, And, 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 and it's free, and it supports your grind. You know what I mean? Exactly. But like, like it really does. I mean, because you gotta give, you, you gotta think in terms of not just being an artist. I think artists get, you know, like like tunnel vision. Authors are artists. Authors are artists. 
authors are artists. Do I have to keep saying that authors are artists? Okay, so start promoting yourself as such. I don't care in what way you want to do it. When you walk into a room at your own event, or you go into an event where you're going to be featured, you need to walk in that room and be acknowledged and recognized for what the fuck you do before you get behind your book, behind your table, whatever. So how do you do that? That's up to you. But it's definitely something wrong when an author walks into a room and no one knows who they are, but but they know it after they sit down at their table. Don't y'all think something is wrong with that? Wow. Don't y'all think something is wrong? It is. That's that's a problem. So so back to the whole, like, the question, what should the new generation do? They should associate themselves more closely visually with what they do, with their art form. And that would benefit Mm -hmm. them so much more and show other people that, you know what, you can make six figures doing this thing here. If you associate yourself with what you do and you got to think from a consumer standpoint, what was, Mm -hmm. I mean, you you have to give that woman, which most likely is going to be a woman, reading your book. She downloads your book into her Kindle office and check what happens. She she Mm -hmm. enjoys what you wrote, okay? Loved the book. Mm -hmm. She gave it five stars. All she knows is your name. All she knows is your name. So you got you done sold five thousand copies in one month, and five thousand people don't know what the fuck you look like. <laughs> you might sell five thousand more if they did know. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the people be like, "Well, I don't want to put my ugly self on no cover." Little Wayne is ugly as shit. Do you know how ugly Little Wayne is? Seriously. He is he everywhere. Right, he is not visually appealing. I'm just gonna call it like I see it. You know what I'm saying? He's not visually appealing, but he associated himself with what he do from a very as soon as he came up with the hot boy when we get he distinguished himself. He put his face on every single C D. Mm-hmm. Every single C D. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he sells more copies. He sells more of everything. You elevate yourself when you get people rocking with you first. Mm-hmm. You know, then you can then second is what you put out. So you basically mm-hmm. are are handcuffing yourself. Seriously, mm-hmm. and so this 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 industry could be so much bigger, and these these, these individual authors and artists could be so much bigger, and we could draw mm-hmm. more attention to this if we have visualizations with the people that we that the readers flock with, name wise. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Because yeah, because you want to get out there. You, you want to use it to the best of your advantage, and that just makes that dollar stretch even further. But exactly. Trish, this is Tony. I'm sorry. Just, just tell us, tell us, and I listen to all this. What, what Sharif got cooking in his lab? What you got going on over there, buddy? Um, first I'm gonna go to this event, you know. But um, March the fourth, Diva's uh, mm-hmm. eat and greet. Um, so I'm gonna be there. Uh, and but I got a. Uh, audio book uh, called Relationship coming out. And again, I mean, I'm an artist. People be like, okay, why don't you write a book? You know, I'm going to do an audio book. You know, it's nothing like you've ever it's nothing like you've ever heard before. So it's me on the cover. That's me talking. It's an audio book. You download it. You don't have any experience with me talking about relationship, you know, meaning, you know, all the ins and outs, ups and downs. You know, just advice, real talk. It's explicit. It got the sticker on the front. So if you ain't of age, don't download it. Don't download it. <laughs> Oh, no, that's, if you're that's a grown not ass easy. Person, yeah, 
no, no, it's not PG because the relationship ain't PG. You know what I mean? So why would you go on PG something when it's, you know, PG talk about something when it's not, you know, when it's not exactly PG. So that's coming out. Audio book, Mumble's done with. You know, we're going to drop that here real soon. Um, but that's more what I'm talking about. I'm mm-hmm. on the cover. It's a, it's a fabulous cover. But but I'm on the cover, front and center, relationship. Mm-hmm. That's me associating myself with what I do. You know, and like I said before, I'm betting on myself with this one. Again, I don't see very many authors doing this. But, hey, if mm-hmm. I got to be the first one, then I'll be the first one, you know. And then we all see it working. Yeah, and then, we, then, then, then I guarantee you when Sharif shows up to an event a year from now you know, or, or six months from now, guess who they going to know when walking the door? Me. They going to know it's me when I'm walking that motherfucker. I guess, you, I guess I will. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. And that's what I'm looking for. I give a fuck what any author thinks about what I'm doing. I give a fuck uh-huh. about the fans. The fans. Yeah. Dude, I, I want them. Yeah, I, I want <laughs> them on my team because they pay my that's bills exactly. and I write for them. With that team, you can't lose, Sharif. <laughs> you say what? <laughs> when you have that team, you can't lose, buddy. But this is Tony. I want to ask you, what was the germ of the idea that got you to want to do this this audio book on relationships? Well, where did that germ of an idea come from? Did you see a um, need? No, did, did I what now? Did, did I say what? Did you see a need for it? I mean, was it something that you yeah. thought was missing? Well, you know what? Um, I, that's um, relationship was the very first book, very first book I wrote. A lot of people don't know that. Um, really? The first book I wrote was tight, but the first book I put out was relationship. And I unpublished it because it really wasn't meant to be a book. You know what I mean? It was just my thoughts, and I just kind of put it out, kind of, you mm-hmm. know. And then the oh. title, that title alone was just catching people's eye. It was like, man, a relationship? Like, okay. Was a, and so I, I, but I finally took it off sale, unpublished it, you know what I mean? Then I put out tight. Mm-hmm. So coming uh-huh. back around, okay. I, I thought I could further, you know, expand on that. But I wanted to do an audio book up. Because, you know what I mean? Like, if I can, I could talk to you better than I could tell you. You know what I'm saying? I could, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm giving my all in this one. And I think it was a need for it. I think it really was like a really need for a frank conversation about relationships. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping jewels in there from my own personal experience. You know what I mean? I haven't been with a lot of women. I've been in two relationships. I've been married for eight years. I've been in a relationship for maybe six, seven, eight years, you know. Um, not in one now, but there's things I've learned along the way, mm-hmm. things I've seen mm-hmm. and, you know, from my parents being married and, you know, this, this other, just a whole lot of, like, knowledge that I have as far as relationships. I'm, I'm not an expert. You ain't got to be an expert to learn from your mistakes and learn from your, you know, successes and, you know, learn the right things to do because I've done so many things wrong, y'all. That's why I've learned from that. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear about those 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 revelations that you're going to be sharing with us. I'm, look, this, this right here is like, y'all ain't never heard nothing like this. That, you know, never. <laughs> Do you want to give us a little taste, Sharice? Because you done got, our, got us all, our interest all peak. You want to give us a little taste or what? Um, Just a little taste, well, I mean, a little crumb. <laughs> okay, like I break it down into like, well, I mean, it can't be like Give the audio because there's extras in there, things like that. But I'm, I'm, I'm talking about uh, 
for instance, uh, okay, let's let's bring up sex for example, like sex. Cool. Let's talk about sex. Now, see, it's the it's the thing in there about sex. It's the section entitled sex. So cool. So if you want to talk about relationships in regards to sex on that chapter, I may be talking about something like okay, um, three reasons you know what I'm saying couples get divorced is sex, money, you know what I'm saying, or um, um, communication. So sex is in there. Sex is very important. So. You know, I'm talking about that very clearly because that's the reason why people get divorced. So I may, may be saying things like, okay, well, okay, stop being judgmental when it comes to sex. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. most women or most men, but I say most women, are kind of, kind of, you know, kind of shy about bringing new things into the relationship. Like, okay, well, let's do this or let's do that. Or maybe we can try this and that. They don't want to bring that because they feel like they're going to get judged. They feel like the man is going to be like, okay, where did you get this freaking shit from, and who the fuck you been fucking with? Like, really? Like, you want to watch a porno? Yeah, like, okay, you want to watch a porno? You want to, okay, you want to bring that into the bedroom, or you want to try this new bondage thing? Well, who you been messing with? And you know what I'm saying? Who's our married? So they just want to be like, okay, well, I just won't say anything. And they, and they, they kind of keep it to themselves and just go along with this little Monday night routine, you know, wham, bam, thank you, man, same moves he's been doing since. You know, 1975, you did, you know, exactly what it's going to be, and you kind of pigeonhole yourself into this sexual routine when you really want to introduce new stuff. Why do you think 50 Shades of Grey sold cops as it did? Because women got a hidden hidden side to their, like to, their, to their sexuality. They're into that. That's the type of shit they fantasize about, and they just went ahead and bought that book because it was speaking directly to what they inner fantasize about. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it's like right. if they can't get it out, then they're gonna find something that 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 kind of lends to that that secret desire. So if you're in, in in your relationship, don't be judgmental about sex. Don't be judging the woman if she comes to you and says she wants to have a threesome with another girl. Okay, just listen to her, and then y'all can explore that. Don't be looking at her crazy, because again, mm-hmm. if you're married to her, if you're in a relationship with her then she should be able to come and tell you that she wants to bring some toys into the relationship. She should be able to mm-hmm. tell you that. You shouldn't think because she brings a toy into it, all of a sudden that that, that means that there's that, that, something wrong with you, fellas, that you're not getting a job done or what shit. My dick should be enough. My dick should be enough. Why you need a toy? Shut the hell up, man. Shut up. Mm-hmm. She's coming to you mm-hmm. with some shit she want to do with you. Just sit your fuck mm-hmm. ass down and listen to her because you might have a great time. You see what I'm saying? And so, enjoy it. <laughs> Right, and y'all can, you know what I'm saying, y'all can express that together, and y'all can have your own private sexual world that y'all live in and make bigger and better because y'all are open to each other's suggestions and open to go ahead and taking that thing as far as y'all can take it, you know, with open Mm -hmm. communication, no judgment, you know what I mean? So that's kind of what I'm talking about, you know, in relationships. I get a little deeper, get a little little more personal. I tell tell some stories about myself and things like that, but... Again, we all grown, but that's that Frank talk about, you know, this is about sex. It's extremely important, you know, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. actually connect with your partner, for real. Well, I thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> I mean, so the, everybody the, the, got a little I, taste of what he got. The, the, the the with, make sure you yeah. get that in your library. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, you know, the, I'm talking about it just like I'm talking to y'all. You know what I mean? That's the audio. It's like me. You know, fellas, don't be intimidated when she break out the little, you know, the little rabbit, you know, and wants to include that. 
break it down, Serene. Break it down. Yeah. Well, you know, because really, if, if, and, and, and women too, you know, so I heard a lot of women be like, okay, he won't even take you to the strip club with him. He likes to go alone. What the hell is that? What is that? I can't with you, boy. Take your woman to the strip club with you, fellas. What What are you doing? What are you doing that she can't come with you? I mean, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. Get some pointers. Yeah. Yeah. Take her with you. Take, yeah, take her. Oh, man. Well, yeah. this has been very, very enlightening. Very enlightening, Sharif. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Yeah. yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, try some new things. You know, like, people cheat. I'm telling you, people cheat. I ain't advocating cheating. I'm not cheating is wrong. Cheating is wrong. <laughs> cheating is wrong. I don't care what the reason is. Cheating is wrong. I talked about that, too. Cheating uh-huh. is wrong. However, if you don't sexually satisfy your man or your woman, I mean, come on now. You ain't really doing your job. And if you think you're doing your job, fellas, uh, you really, you know, if you ain't tried some new stuff, you know what I'm saying, in about two years, three, four years, your woman is bored, okay? She's fucking bored. You said three, four, you you know three, four years, she reads, that, that, that's enough yeah. time, three, four years. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, like some dudes ain't did nothing new in about three, four years. I'm telling uh-huh. you, they think they're putting it down. They think they're putting it down. Let me tell you something. She's bored out of her fucking mind. Okay. Wow. She, she know everything you're gonna do, everything. With her eyes closed, she can sleep right through it and know exactly, exactly what the move exactly. is <laughs> She turning over. Yeah, turn over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gonna me. pull my hair. He gonna pull my hair. Oh, there he goes. Yeah, yeah. Get it, daddy. Mm-hmm. You doing it? And he walk around the room like he did some shit. Do you know? Put his chest out. She's bored with you. She's bored with you. She's oh bored. man. Reef, you're killing me. You you got me crying over there. There's some things she wants to try, but she don't want to tell your insecure ass the things that she want to try with you. Because you too, uh-huh. yeah, you, you too busy strutting around the room. Yeah, yeah, look at that. I wore that thing out, didn't I? I wore that thing out. Look at you. Yeah, she looking at you like, nigga, you ain't do nothing. Mm. I love you. I love you to death, but yeah. <laughs> You gotta yeah. throw that in, she Gotta make sure. I love you, baby. I love you. I love you. I'm, I'm not gonna cheat on you. I'm just gonna put up with it because if I say something, you are gonna think it's, it's gonna hurt your little ego. If I, if I break out, I have these little pink handcuffs. I got, you know, at, the, at, at this toy part, I'm just waiting for the right time, you know, to get some bonding things happening, you know, between us, you know, you know. You might have, you might have to dust it off. Got so many cobwebs on it. You haven't been able to yeah, use it might. for years. <laughs> Right, you know, so you gonna like, get me going. I'm not. What you, what you, you think gonna he gonna me, do? Gonna no, no, I want to hear fantasy. I want to hear fantasy. Like, like a lot of women have. I'm talking to a lot of women. They have some crazy fantasies. Again, don't judge. Don't judge. Uh-huh. She got a fantasy, like you know what I mean, like a break-in fantasy, where you know, you know, I just have a fantasy where you know, what I mean, it's like, like, like somebody breaks in and with a mask on and just kind of just takes it. Okay, don't be looking at her like you. You something wrong with you? You need to go see somebody because you have this type go of with the what? flow. Go with the flow. Just go with yeah. Go with it. Be like okay, well, okay. Well, what, what's happening? You know, and just let her feel like she can talk to you because then you you know you can see her inner fantasies and y'all might find out that y'all have way more in common than what y'all thought. Both of y'all scared to say some shit because y'all don't want to look like y'all some freaks. Look here, everybody oh. is a freak. 
Everybody. <laughs> Let it freak out. Let, Let it, freak it out. out. Let Y'all got some fantasies. Y'all got some fantasies. Lisa, oh, Miss Tony. I, I know Miss Tony do. No, I'm not. You don't see my halo. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great for you to be able to share that with your husband? You know what I'm saying? Let me, Wouldn't it let be me find awesome? out you. Let me find out you peeking in my mind, Sharif. Let me find out. Oh, I, I know what's on your mind. I, you you know. love some of Miss Tony Duck. I, I I know what's on I your mind. I ain't messing with I can, you. I can sense it. I can sense it. I ain't messing with you. You're going to get me going. You know, you easily come up in the chat room and get me going. You always say you're going to get going. You Don't 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 let me with a good time. I've been right there. Don't you know it's been you and I. At least you just sit back let me dig my own hole. Don't <laughs> don't, don't be threatening me with a good time. I don't know. I, I don't want to hear. I can't get. I want to. We share have had a, a good time, Sharif. You should let me what? sit over here and dig my own hole. She said, sit back there. Yeah, go ahead, T. Go ahead, T. Well, but you, know, you asked me, so now we're talking about sex. I mean, did you have any sexual fantasies out there you would like to share with the listening audience? And with oh, that, my. we're going to get to wrap this show up. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh, my. Well, I'll tell you what. You don't have to share with the listening audience, but you can share them with your man. And I hope that y'all have a great time with Miss Tony's latest fantasy. He is a mess. Let me tell you, T. Yeah. You 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 getting this just from the little show, but I've had conversations with him like on the phone for hours. He is a mess. When I say a mess, a whole mess. I'm just, I'm just real. He, he I'm is. Not. He is a mess. But when you ask me what y'all going to get on relationship, that's the type of stuff you're going to get that real stuff. Don't be judging your woman just because she brings up some stuff. Just roll with it, fellas. Well, we're going to have one of them chats. Y'all, if y'all coming to the Divas Luncheon and Literature next week, he will be here in Atlanta. There is a yeah. restaurant in the hotel. We can actually set up to have some of them little relationship talks so that he could talk about that. You know, we can just have a good old time. They have like a little restaurant bar down there. We can get down there and just have a good old okay. conversation. So yeah, I would love for that. I'll bring a little sample. You know what I mean? I play it. Oh, know, we get the sample then, yeah. too. Y'all get two samples because you giving a sample to the people at your table, right? Tell everybody a little bit about that. Oh, I'm gonna read Tice Eight. Uh, the first uh, three chapters, I believe, the Tice Eight that uh, should be dropping soon. But yeah, I mean, anybody that sit at my table, look, I look at it like this. They pay money to come out, you know, they pay their hard-earned money to come out there, you know, and um, support Leisha, support this event, support their favorite author. And so, man, we ain't going to be sitting at my table talking about the news. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. We're going to sit at my table. We're going to be cutting up. We're going to be, be cutting up my table. I got shot glasses included in my gift bag. Shut up. Let it do. Oh. I got a spot over to your table. Take a shot. Take a shot. I got to give that. So I'll take a shot. Get loose in this joint. And y'all, y'all, y'all paid money to come see Sheree. I want y'all to, you know, have, have, a, have, have a great time, you know, and uh, get that get that real that real experience. Yeah. This, this is a great event, by the way. This is, this is a great setup. I, I like I like the setup of this event. Very intimate. 
and and that's that's why I do it. That's why I did it because when you go to book events, you miss that a lot of times. And being able to sit and um, hold conversations with authors just in interview or in passing or at different events is it's a different experience, and it's an experience that a lot of readers don't get to. Um, feel unless they are in a book club i will say shout out to five five six book chicks because i went to their um they had a session with um ty marshall and it was at it was at a red lobster in georgia and i will say that was like the best intimate experience so if there is a book club in your area make sure you hook up with those book club people become a member because that also gives you an intimate experience with authors see and and, and that right there means exactly what i'm talking about you have to let the people that rock with you that, that are fans of your art get to know you you know what i'm saying and they can't get to know you without getting a visual in their head of what you look like. Period. Mm-hmm. And that also means that vital. you have to go outside. You got to move your feet. You know, a lot of times um, I've gotten this question 50, well, I'm not going to say 50 million times, but I've gotten it a lot. How many books should I bring? And this is my thing. When you're going out of town and you're going to an event, I can't tell you how many books to bring because that's based on your grind. That's on your paperback grind. Are you the type that grinds from the airport to the hotel, in the Uber, at at the Enterprise? Are you that author? Or are you just the author that comes to the event, you sit there, you you share, you do whatever you have to do at that event, you pack up your boxes and you go back to your room or you leave out? You know, it depends on your paperback grind. But I will say, the life of an author, you have to have that straight grind. You have to sell your books wherever you go. You have to move your feet. If there's a bookstore in that area, you want to make yourself acquainted to that bookstore. See if you can set up a book signing if you have a bookstore that's carrying your book. So that way, you're, you, yeah, you have this event that you're committed to, but then you're also give, doing a book signing. You're, you're maximizing on your places to sell your books. Talk a little yeah, bit about yeah. that before we wrap up, Sharif. About, about the paperback grind? About, 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 about the paperback grind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that – that's that's what uh, my fundamental thing. What I live by in this industry, what every author should live by in this industry, is each one reach one. That's what I say. Hey, you can borrow that if you want to, but hey, each one reach one. And what that means is, there's no such thing as one reader. No such thing. No such thing, authors, as one reader, because I've ran into so many people. Why did Ty sell as much as it did? Because there's no such thing as one reader. Because that woman, that person is reading your book. They have a sister. They have a mom. They have a cousin. They got coworkers. They got girlfriends. And guess what they're going to tell them? Girl, I'm reading this book. Tice, I'm reading this book. Woo-woo-woo. And it's so good. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing like a referral, a face-to-face referral. You can't buy that. You can't buy that. So that person there becomes a vehicle for you. So they sitting there selling you, and you don't even know it. It didn't cost you nothing. So when you grind with your paperbacks, you know, you see somebody that's in your genre. You know, my genre, 18 years old to, I say, 50. I see 18 to 15-year-old, I mean, uh, 50-year-old, 
guess what I'm doing? If I got books on me, I'm hopping out. I did it the other day, hopped out. Excuse me, there was two ladies. Talked to them for 15 minutes. Hey, introduce myself. They had heard of me. You know what I'm saying? Sold them the book. Sold them Tice One. Why I sell them Tice One? I know once they read Tice One, they're going to ride with me all the way. All the way. I got them. Now, true, now them, them ladies hit me in my inbox. It was like, whoa, we did not know you was coming like this. Thank God that you came over there because we be loving this book. We on Tice Four right now. Yeah. I mean, so, again, if I hadn't stopped, you know what I'm saying, and actually came up to them, took the time, parked right next to them, you know what I'm saying, popped my doors open, was like, excuse me, want to holler at y'all. I told them flat out, you my genre. They said, what? You my genre. How old are you? 32. How are you? 34. Boom. Exactly what I'm looking for. Look here. Went ahead from there. See what I'm saying? So that's two new people. That's not just two new people. You understand what I'm saying? So you got to always be on your grind and have the mindset. Each one reach one. No such thing as one reader. That one reader affects an infinite amount of people. If you're not grinding, pushing your paperback, then, you know, you're passing up golden opportunities right there to add readers to your stock, add people to your team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's just suicide. Mm-hmm. That's suicide. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we so appreciate yeah. you for coming in and kicking with us in the chat room, dropping your jewels, dropping your knowledge. Shout out to everybody that's been rocking with us since we got on the air today. We appreciate you guys. You know, we have some fabulous people that always check in with us. Shout out to Gibbs. I see you over there. We appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all tune in tomorrow because we have another fabulous show. We have Victoria Christopher Murray and Rashonda Tate Billingsley. Terry Branch and Tasha DeMay. They're going to be kicking with us in the chat room tomorrow. Sharif, shout out all of your social media before we roll out of the chat room. Oh, let's see. You can find me at uh, Facebook, Sharif Dine, Twitter, Sharif J-A-U, YouTube, Sharif Dine 4.9, and uh, Instagram, Sharif J-A-U. Um, yeah, give me a shout I love to interact with my readers. My voice is a little harsh and harsh, horse is the horse, 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 horse and harsh. But yeah, I've been recording stuff like that. So um, I would love to hear from y'all. Look forward to seeing y'all in Atlanta at this awesome intimate event brought to you by who? <laughs> who? This is plugging y'all right now. WRP. That's right. <laughs> okay, so we got that over again. Okay, one more time. Looking forward to this great intimate event brought to you by who? Alicia, this WRP. That is me. Ta-da. <laughs> in Atlanta, at the It's not at the Super 8. It's at the Marriott. You see that? Boom. <laughs> And, you know, I picked the Marriott for a reason, though, because I have to think of, one, I'm not from the Atlanta area, but I know that their traffic is 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 really, really, really deep. You know, it's really mm-hmm. thick. So I needed something where it was a good venue, parking, um, 
I picked the Marriott near the airport because the shuttle comes right across the street, the shuttle right across the street from the airport. There's a parking structure. They got valet parking. There's a restaurant. Um, There are bars and, you know, stores and shopping areas not too far, restaurants, and it's it's just like the best location. So that's why I picked it. So that way, everybody has an option. If you want, if you are not driving and you just come in and you want to still just have something to do, okay. Well, you don't even have to get a car. You just take the the Sky Train to the air to the uh, hotel, or you can get an Uber. Or you know, it's just so many options for people to be able to um, have a great time. And it's not too far from Nubian Bookstore. So if you are an author and you don't have your book in bookstores, make sure you go check out Marcus at Nubian Bookstore. And if you have your books in his bookstore, that's great, too. Make sure you set up a book signing while you are there in Atlanta. You see? See, and that's that's your grind right there, Alicia. You understand what I'm saying? So. A lot of people don't understand what it goes into because you have to you have to keep all of that in mind when you set up this event. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah, clap clap for yourself. You know what I'm saying because you on your grind, making it possible for me and other authors to come out and have an intimate you know time. You know what I'm saying with, with the people that rock with us. So I appreciate you you know um, for doing that. But even that little snippet that you just said, that's how much goes into being you know being who you are and pursuing your dreams, you know, and being an entrepreneur. You know, everything is on you. So shout out to you for taking all of that into consideration, just the location. You know what I mean? That's how that's how real this is. That's how real this thing is. You dig? Absolutely. A lot. Yeah. Absolutely. So we thank you again for joining us, Sharif. We so appreciate you. You know we appreciate you. Voice and all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, Thanks. I've, been, I've, been, I've been in the booth. I've been, I've been working. I've been going in. So and doing your yeah, thing. We looking, looking forward, forward to it. it. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I can come back anytime. Y'all said that, so I'm holding y'all to that. Hit y'all up. And you know, it's you good. know, you can be a guest host one day. You can just come in and just talk, drive with us, and have a good time. Whenever you have time, because I know you'd be busy. So whenever you got time, our seats are your seats, and our chat room is your chat room. Keep doing what you're yeah. doing, ladies. You know, <laughs> and um, I wish you all the success. And yeah, yeah, yeah we we'll, we'll we'll talk again. We'll talk again. <laughs> yes, we'll talk next weekend. I'll see you next That's weekend. <laughs> yes, and I I, I want to see the real Miss Tony come out. Let me tell you guys, though. You know what? Miss Tony has, like, the best personality, and we don't get to see it because she's really conservative unless you kind of tap into Tony's world. But we will be at the kickback in Atlanta in July. So, yes, Let's Chat will be there. Resource Publishing will be there. Make sure you guys come on out. So, yes, we'll be, and we'll also be at an event in Detroit in May. So, Let's Chat will be traveling a little bit this summer. We'll be traveling probably more next summer because we have a, we just have to spread it out. We're, we, we're used to the background, so now we got to come to the forefront and be able to move around and do a lot of different things that we'll, you know, excited. We were invited to a lot of different places, and I love the fact that people think of us 
when they put on their events and they have different things. So I'm happy. I'm excited. Make sure you guys check us out next weekend if you're in the Atlanta area. Make sure that you guys get your tickets over on Eventbrite. Um, if you are an author, thinking about being an author, you want to just sharpen your pen, there is a workshop, writing workshop, being facilitated by Victoria Christopher Murray and Rashonda Tate Billingsley on Sunday from 2 to 7. And they are going to talk about everything, including taking your books to movies, talking about what producers are looking for, what these um, networks are looking for. So, it's going to be a hot, hot workshop. Make sure that you are in there. Seats are limited. Make sure you get your tickets. We appreciate you guys. They will be in the house tomorrow <clears throat> along with Terry Branch and Tasha DeMay. And then Friday we're going to have romance author Rihanna Mallory and actor and model Travis Cure. Yes, everybody's in Monday morning. Uh, WCW will be in the chat room because he's going to be here next weekend too. Sounds like All a right. plan. I'm excited. But and thanks I was for joining excited. us, everybody. I want to tell y'all one thing that I was excited to see. I was excited to see y'all pictures on the flyer. Be sure on the left, Miss Tony on the right. Is that correct? Yes, and I, you know what? Yeah. I did that based off of what you really just said, what you talked about, about yeah. people being able to see you. One, because I went to an event, and, well, one particular week, actually, most people knew who I was only by my name, but they didn't know my face. So when they asked my go. name, they were, let's chat, you know, then they're like, oh, my goodness. So, and then uh, something else had happened when we were having a show. So I was like, we need to put our face on the flyer so people know who Tony and I are. So that way exactly. it makes it a little bit easier. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and thank you so much. I'm not going to take credit for that because you know what? I can't take credit for that. That was your decision, but it was a great decision. I was like, yeah, I seen the flyer. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Alicia on the left and <laughs> Tony on the right. I know who I'm talking to now. Two beautiful ladies. <laughs> yeah. Two beautiful ladies. I know exactly what y'all look like. That's how you do it. Well, thank you. It's all That's part of branding. It's all part of branding. We are branding, branding, branding. So when you are branding, you have to make sure that people know who you are, what your name is, and your product. So if you are an author and you have everybody else's book on your page, but you don't have your own book on your page, there's a problem. You need to make right. sure that you have your own book on your page, not just buy me, buy me, buy me, but they should see that you're an author. For every five posts of somebody else or um, someone else's thing that you're sharing or promoting, you should have one thing of your own, something that mm -hmm. represents you. And one of those things right. should always be your cover and your link to purchase your book. It doesn't have to That's be right. the same thing up and down your timeline all day, every day. But for every five things you post about something else, you need to post one time for your your book, your brand, right. and, and yourself. Right. Do your dream like Felicia said. Can't nobody do your dream like you. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. We appreciate you, Sharif, and I will see you next weekend. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Thank you in all caps. I'm going to talk to you all later. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. okay. I always enjoy when Great you come to the chat room, Leash. <laughs>
<laughs> yes, great show, great show. I'm so excited about next weekend. Um, it's my first event. It's actually something I want to do at least twice a year. Uh, my vision is to do one in every state. Um, but I know that that's down the line and, and you know, farther out. So I have to start with what I got. And what I got is Atlanta, 2017, mm-hmm. March 4th and 5th. So I am excited. And then next year will be Detroit. Um, and it's always going to be in March. Um, because that is like a free month. I try not to overlap. If you are in the D.C. area, make sure you go into the Sisters on Lit. They have a book event in April. Um, There's a book event in May coming, book event May, June, July, every month from April forward. There is a book event. So if there is a book event in your city, if there is an author doing a book signing, make sure you go out and you support them. It's great to have verbal support. That is always nice. You know, it's nice to have people liking your post on Facebook, but this is the thing. You can have 500 people like your post on Facebook and say how awesome you are, but there's no guarantee those 500 people are one-clicking that link. So you want to make sure that you're putting yourself in positions and situations so that you can sell your book no matter what. Don't just face it on social media. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Yes, good night, everybody. I'm your love.